Hey guys, welcome back to the Video Edge podcast. My guest today is Nathalie, and I hope I said that kind of right because she's from France and my pronunciation is not necessarily the best. Her business, the Membership Lab, is very well established and in a year's time, she wants to be making 500,000 a year with consistent months, so that's quite a challenge. She wants a team for the fulfillment and her full focus on marketing and sales. Natalie has told me that her challenges include lead generation of qualified leads, consistency in content creation, and that she's at this weird place where she needs to be more consistent in leads and clients so that she can hire more people. So at the moment, she's doing much of the work that takes away from the marketing and exponential growth activities that she feels that she should be working on to grow the business. This is The Video Edge a podcast designed to help grow your business by overcoming the barriers you face when creating video content. We're brought to you by Shoot For The Moon. If you're serious about overcoming the video content creation challenges that you and many other business owners and entrepreneurs face, then you're in the right place. Every episode, we spotlight content creation challenges so that you can grow your business by this conversation. If you're new to the show, basically, I get to talk to an entrepreneur. They've got a challenge and we talk about it for half an hour. That challenge is always around video content creation and video marketing. And I go through what I would do to overcome these challenges. So if you do love the show, please just give it a little review and subscribe because that helps more than you know. Before we meet today's guest, I just want to let you know that we have courses available in the Video Production Academy. They are low ticket, but packed full of value. The on-demand videos are bite-sized and accompanied by workbooks, cheat sheets, and all manner of goodies to help you on your video content creation journey. You can check them out on the website, videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Wherever you are in the world, as long as you have an internet connection, you can learn from the comfort of your own home using the courses, or better still, the Shoot for the Moon membership. This is a training platform that we've created to help entrepreneurs grow their business. We're going back to the podcast in just a moment, but I want to take this opportunity to tell you about Shoot for the Moon. What is it? Well, it's all about having me as your coach without the thousands of pounds worth of price tag. You can have me and others teach and coach you in your business every single week. Videos on demand, strategies and tactics, cheat sheets of proven stuff that I know will positively impact your business. Sounds fantastic? Well, it is when you hear the price. It will cost you 47 pounds a month that's less than a pair of Nikes to empower your voice and perfect your presence. And I want you to try it for free because I know it works, tried, tested and proven. Here's what you can do. There's a link to it in the show notes and I guarantee you can impact your business positively in those two weeks, as long as you are ready to get out of your comfort zone. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So let's welcome Natalie to the show today. Hello, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. No, it's really good to have you here. So I hope I didn't butcher your name too. Oh, so the name is Nathalie. You did well. And it's Doré Mieux for the last name. Thank you. I appreciate that. What I would love to do to start off with is for you to introduce yourself and your business in around 60 seconds or less. All right. So, well, I've been in business for 18 years now. I run a family business with my husband and we've evolved. I would say that in the last six years, really what we've been focusing on is helping people who are looking to create recurring income in their business. So 
Basically, we help people that have established businesses that work and that are successful, and we help them take it to the next level by leveraging the expertise, their time, and making a bigger impact and adding another revenue stream. So that's basically the core of what we do. We help with strategy, like how to create that program, how does it fit within your business ecosystem. And we also help with the tech because this is a background. So we build the actual portal so that it's scalable and, and can support tens of thousands of members. Really interested that you say about the tech because the thing that I found was developing a video production academy came from a place where I, during lockdown, I was able to do online training for the first time. And I did a particular course that had a lot of people involved that year. And there were 6,000 people in our group. It was a really big cohort. And the number of people who went, I can't do this because I can't be on video. I can't be on camera. I don't have a budget for expensive equipment and I'm not technical enough. So it's really interesting that you're doing the technical side because so many people don't. They just address the front end. They don't look at the production element. So I'm really excited that that is something that you do. Yeah, it's actually really interesting because for a while, for actually a long time, all we were doing were the tech. We are software engineers in the background, so that's what we would do. And then we realized that we were building a lot of platforms and they were like ghost towns. So I'm like, okay, I can build tech. Somebody can come to me and say, you know, I'd like this build, but then they do nothing with it. So I'm like, if they are not successful, I'm not successful. What can I do? How can I get trained? And how can I learn to support them in how to actually create a program that people actually finish? Something that you can actually sell. So the tech is, to me, it's weird because when I tell that to people, they sometimes have a hard time and they are surprised. We never talk about the tech. The tech is the tool to make it happen once you know what you want to do. Until you know what you want to do, there is no point talking about tech. Perfect. For me, I run an IT business as well. That's the Video Production Academy. And our tagline is removing technology as a barrier. So we're all about helping. It just happens to be tech that's the thing that we're helping with. So there's three different elements of the challenges that you're facing at the moment. So it's the lead generation of qualified leads, the consistency in content creation, and the fact that you've still got a lot to do to build the business to a level where you can then bring other people in. So it's a little bit of a chicken and egg situation. And a lot of time it's around cash flow, because if you don't have the cash flow coming in, then you can't afford to bring a team member on. What is it that you've tried so far with regards to lead generation and content? Oh my gosh. We've tried a few things. So we are really big believer in investing in your business. So we've invested in services and agencies and we just haven't gotten the results that basically were promised, right? But gosh, when you spend 15K and I can get better leads than they can and I can make money and they can't, then it's frustrating. Yes. And as a believer of someone who wants to be surrounded with, who, you know, hires coaches and joins communities and, and delegates, it's tough that there are like two, three, like, I mean, this year already has been at least 25 or 30K that we spent where I haven't seen the return. But yet we have to keep trying because that's what running a business is, right? So you learn a bit every time. I certainly found that so much of it is dependent on 
you, your personality, your niche, your location. And so a lot of the things that you are taught by the digital mentors actually don't necessarily relate. They don't resonate. I'm based in Scotland, so things that they're teaching in the US don't work here. But I found that out having tried it and tried it and tried it and tried it. And one of the things was this idea of go and be in lots and lots of Facebook groups, go and add value to it. And, you know, when you get the opportunity to talk about your business, then you can. But what I find with that is it's really overwhelming because I don't want to be in 40 Facebook groups and constantly scrolling to see where I can add value. And then when they put the post up for the day that says, oh, now you can promote or now you can talk about, everybody jumps in and actually it's really noisy. So that's why I've gone down the route with the podcast and being a speaker, because what you're able to do then is borrow other people's stages to position yourself as an authority and that then draws people back in. Is that something that you've tried? I mean, obviously you're on this podcast today, so you're not new to podcasts. Yeah, so I'm not new to podcasts. I have been on podcast interviews before. To be really honest, I haven't really measured what it was because there was not really like a strategy about it. It was more like building my confidence and my visibility and being out there because, you know, it's a muscle. (laughs) It's tough. I am like, I'm not wired as an entrepreneur. I'm not like... I am an introvert. If I could, you know, hide, I can hide. I mean, it's a choice that I'm here, right? But like, it's not something that comes naturally to me, right? However, when I get started talking about what I know, you're going to have to make me, you know, stop talking because that's because I love talking about this and I see things and I just love to share that, right? So I haven't really seen something. So that's why I want to be more strategic with what I do. I don't want a shiny object syndrome. Oh, let's try this. Let's try that. I want to pick something, have a tangible goal, and then see it through. So you are talking about podcasts. I launched a podcast. Okay. It's a daily show. It's called Supercharge Your Membership Show. And I am on day 26. And I've recorded 73 episodes. But I don't have a strategy. I'm not really sharing it. So it's like, you know, I know the power of podcasting and I would love, actually, if you can, you know, give me some pointers on that. I would love to know, like, how can I really leverage what I'm doing right now? Because I think I still have a momentum. I launched at the end of April, so it's not even like it's three weeks, two weeks. I think that's amazing. I think, I think it's great that you've got so many already recorded because I would be really concerned about doing a daily show because that's relentless. That really is. What I do with this particular podcast is I edit it up and I pull out highlights. So I'll maybe have three highlights from the podcast. And then across the week, because it's different because I'm just once a week, across the week, I release that as short form content. So instead of landscape, it's vertical. So it's a reel. It's less than 60 seconds. And I put it out to Facebook. So I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group and a membership, and it goes out there. I put it out to Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Pinterest. So what I'm doing is I actually use YouTube as my central resource. That is my main platform. So Mm -hmm. all the rest of them point back to YouTube. Now, it might be that 
Apple Podcast is your main resource and you want to point everybody back to that, might be your website. That's your choice with it. But then those little pieces of short form content are trailers for the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So that's how it works back in. And the good thing about it is because the podcast episodes are there forever. Once they're up, they're up. So what you can do in the future is actually revisit it. So you maybe would create a playlist, for example. So your playlist may be about retention and churn rates within memberships. And you know that these six episodes are to do with that element. So what you can do as part of your marketing is say, retention and churn, something that's concerning you. Here's a playlist to help you out. Listen to these six episodes. And then you can include that in your email marketing as well. Mm -hmm. So I have an email that goes out once a week that, again, has a highlight from the podcast goes into the email. So it's looking and seeing how you can repurpose the content in as many ways as possible. It might be that when you have a look at the highlights from that particular episode, there's a really nice little quote. You said something and you go, oh, that sounded really good. Yeah, sometimes I do that. It's like, whoa. (laughs) I should use that. Yeah. So what you can do with that, rather than it being a video, you can lift it out and create a lovely graphic. And that's a quote that you attribute to you. So again, that can go around because it'll be this lovely quote, you and which episode it's from. So it's always engaging the people to go back round. So although the episode might go out today, you can carry on bringing people round at any point in the future to keep bringing them back to those episodes mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah i love it it's always that thing about trying to work smarter and not harder mm-hmm. and yeah. depending on how you edit and what software you use some softwares definitely make it easier than others i use descript for the editing because it's really easy to then lift those clips all you do is highlight it and tell it to copy to a new piece. And mm-hmm. it's one button that you click that takes it from landscape to portrait. So oh, you don't okay. have to mess with it. And you can put captions on and you can make audiograms. So there's lots of things you can do with it that doesn't take a lot of time. So you're using tools, basically, all these tools yes. to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll know this with a tech stack. The more that you can put in to create a simple workflow that works for you, the better. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'm using StreamYard to record and I'm streaming live at the same time and I don't edit. That's a good way of that's doing the, it. That's the point of the show. It's, it's unedited. That's a fantastic way of doing it because it will speed up your process for sure. It's streamlined it does. Process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly. that, that makes it so you still need to do some work to draw people in. Yeah. So... That work to create the trailers is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are definitely. I love the idea of the trailer. I didn't think about that, you know, but Uh, yeah. I have to figure out how do I. So do you have an overall strategy of what you want to achieve with the podcast? Or is it like a daily musings? I don't really have a strategy with the podcast. Honestly, the way it started was a challenge. Somebody challenged me to do something for 100 days. And I started to do it. So I went live every day. I am on day 73, 74. 
talking about memberships, of course. So I have three calls. So when you were talking like playlists, oh yes, acquisition, retention, engagement, completely. I can see the playlist already. But it was more a challenge of being consistent. You know, that one of my other issues being consistent in content creation, because I can go into my happy place on working on client projects and hide. You know, like we do like, oh, we have work. So we stop the marketing. And then when the project is done, oh, no client. Well, let's do marketing again. Right. And I don't want to do that. So I challenge myself to start to be consistent if it's not perfect. Right. Because it's unedited, but at least it sounds doable. It's a starting point. Right. But then I really don't have a strategy on what to do with it. You can ask, you know, people on my list to listen, to share, to do reviews, but it doesn't go beyond that. And I know there is a huge potential because people are telling me that the content is great and it's very, because it's unedited, you can tell, you know, I'm just having a conversation, right? With myself, (laughs) but I don't have a strategy, honestly. Okay. Do you feel any overwhelm from doing it this way? Or are you really happy with it and comfortable with it? So I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. I know I'm missing out. So I'm not like super, I know like it's not too late. It's never too late. Right. But I don't know what to do. I don't know what I could be doing with it. You know, I don't have a plan basically. So definitely the trailers, definitely the trailer idea because it isn't a lot of work to be able to do it. Yeah. Do you use a media scheduler? Uh, not at the moment. Okay. So with one business, I use Meta's own business planner, which is really easy to use. And that means that you can post to Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Now for the Video Production Academy, I'm also posting to LinkedIn, TikTok and Pinterest. So I use a piece of software called Metricool. Mm -hmm. And it's a clever piece of kit because what you do is upload your media once. So your little video will be in there. And then because your messaging that you put out on Facebook would be different than the messaging you put out on Instagram. So you can tweak it. So you edit the post by platform. Mm -hmm. And so that way you're actually able to put it out in different places. Now, it's quite good because you can do Pinterest as well. Mm -hmm. And so with Pinterest, you need to have a board that it goes onto. But with Pinterest, you've got people that are looking for the solution. They already know they have a problem and they're looking for the solution. So Pinterest can be quite an effective way of actually connecting with people and bringing them back in as well. Mm-hmm. Certainly things like quotes and that work well on there too because it's very visual. Yeah. So then it's about leveraging the different platforms and the way that the platform works. So even if, like, I'm not particularly a TikTok person. I'm not. I'm too, I'm too old for TikTok. Yeah, too old. TikTok, maybe. Oh, I still post to TikTok because oh, I already have the reel. I've made the reel. So it yes, doesn't take me any yeah. more time. So you can it for you, yeah. That's it. It doesn't take any more time to pop it up onto TikTok as an additional platform. So that's a bonus. So I'm concentrating on my main platform, which say for me is YouTube with a definite second of Facebook. But then everything else is a bonus. So yeah. posting it on LinkedIn is a bonus. Posting it on Instagram is a bonus. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you have five questions for me. So let's have a look at those. 
So the first question I was asking you was that chicken and the egg issue where the consistency in the client work and that I have in order to be able to hire someone full-time. So I have a team, okay? I have people in my team, but they have other clients and I would love to be able to have someone just for me that is focused on my business and more committed, let's be honest. But I'm not at that level with the amount of work. So, but in order to be able to do more marketing, I need to do less client work. So, or less high tickets because that's what brings in more money, but therefore it's my time. So it's juggling that that's been a challenge, especially when you're trying to grow and you don't want to compromise on what you're already making. Like, oh, are you okay to make less for a while? No, <laughs> not. I think it's really difficult because there is always that thing that when you are starting up, when you are scaling up, it's a huge amount of effort. So in order to bring more money in, you have to put the legwork in. There's not an easy solution to this. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think having a look at your day and seeing if there are points within the day where actually you're not working, you think you're working, but you're not. So like you're disappearing down a scroll hole. Or, what are you, you know, doing in my office? I speak from experience and procrastination as well. So one of the things that I do to make it so I'm more efficient is I block book my time within a week because I'm balancing two businesses. So one business I've got a team for, that's great. The other business I don't. So at the moment I wear all the hats and it is a challenge to juggle it. And what I found was I would work on the things that shouted loudest. So it's yep. like crisis management. And there was things that just weren't getting done. So I sat down and I basically did a mind map of what's involved in my day. If I was doing all elements of the business, what does that look like? So it's things like marketing, course development, I'm trying to think what it is now, the actual recording part, membership. So I looked at that and it worked out very nicely in that I have five different elements for each of the businesses. So my day is a morning and afternoon. So morning is one element, afternoon is another element. So my Monday morning is admin, my Monday afternoon is marketing. So I know ahead of the day what I'm aiming to achieve within that. So each of those blocks has a to-do list. Mm-hmm. And I basically, I use a paper planner. Although I'm a tech person, I find it much easier to do a paper planner because I flick through pages and flick back and I can add sticky notes and I scribble and it works more with my creative mind. Hmm. There are weeks where I work far more hours than I would like because I need to get that course out on time. And it's just the way the week has panned out. Or it's time for my taxes to go in and I have to get that paperwork to the accountant. And unfortunately, in those weeks, I just do more hours. Mm -hmm. But I think if you can look at taking out those elements of procrastination, if you can remove those barriers that stop you doing that particular work, then that makes a big difference. So one of the things that I did was I found that actually sitting down and making videos, I would have to set up the equipment so I wouldn't quite get round to it because I'll do it tomorrow. So one of the things that I did was made just a little studio space. Hmm. And my studio space is 120 centimetres by 170 centimetres. 
it's tiny, but it works. And all I need to do is press the on button on my laptop and I'm ready to record. So it's looking for those points that are barriers and obstacles and saying, okay, how do I remove that? So your day becomes more efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, you fit more into the day. But unfortunately, there is not an easy answer to this. It is a case of doing the legwork until the point where you can go, actually, now I can take somebody on. You may find that there's actually jobs within your day you don't need to do. That actually, if you didn't do it, it wouldn't have an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think what's challenging for me as well is that, so I do blog. You know, blocks of two hours, usually two, sometimes three, depending on the project, but two hours. But I have to be flexible with that because people can book calls with me Monday through Thursday. And when you have a call and then you have a one hour gap and then another call, what can you get done in an hour? You know, the context switching and things like that. So I do have my, all my Fridays, my Fridays are no calls, business day. So that is, sometimes I use it for client work, (laughs) but I get to choose what I do on Fridays, but it's a challenge because I had to recognize that I need to be flexible with some of these things, but batching more, you know, definitely. But like when you have calls, you just have calls, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But you can also be disciplined with it. Absolutely. More disciplined. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I only do podcasts in my evening time because my home studio is much quieter than my studio at work because it's in my office, which I share with other people. So I'll use that for doing Zoom calls and things where actually it doesn't matter if there's another noise going on. But for actually recording courses and recording podcasts, I will only work within a specific time frame. So when you book in, you will only get an evening appointment with me. Sometimes I'll get people that are out of area and that doesn't work. So I've done an interview with a lady in Hong Kong. I've done interviews with people in Australia and that doesn't fit in. So then I have that flexibility, but I set the boundaries. Yeah. So even if people are going to contact you to book an appointment, reduce the time then they can book an appointment. Mm-hmm. Restrict when it is they can do it. So they still have the flexibility to book and actually... If they can't fit in with the schedule you've got, they'll soon tell you and you can then be really gracious and go, oh, do you know what? I'll rearrange things just for you. And then you look like a superstar because you've got this really personalized, tailored service. I like that. Yeah. I can go back to my calendar and maybe push them more closer together and then just give myself another half day. You'll be surprised at how much you can do. And I challenge you on the mindset of what can you get done in an hour? A lot. (laughs) A huge amount. I have times where I'll actually work in 20-minute increments and do the Pomodoro method and just give myself 20 minutes and I'll put a timer on and just have the 20 minutes. Because if you give yourself an hour, you'll take an hour. If you give yourself three, you'll take three. True. So actually, an hour is quite a long time and you can probably do more in an hour than you think you can. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Mm. What's your next question? So the next question was, and maybe we've talked about that already, how to better leverage my Facebook lives. So right now I turn them into a podcast and I broadcast on Facebook, my profile, my group, and on LinkedIn live. That's it. 
Well, you say that's it, but that's a lot. Okay. You're already doing a lot more than most people would. Yeah. So I think actually you're there with that one. You are leveraging it. I think the next stage is to repurpose the content like we were talking about earlier on is to then create those trailers to draw people back in. Do you use YouTube at the moment? So I have a YouTube channel. I'm going to say it is dormant, if you see what I mean. Yes, having a little sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could put them there as well. But then I'm like, I haven't done a YouTube, you know, videos in a while. And I know they are reels. And like, I really haven't taken the time to look at like, does it make more sense to you? set them up at like short videos or do I need to put the full thing again you know maybe I'm overthinking but I want to do it right if possible with YouTube content people expect the content to be longer okay so if people are watching TikTok they're expecting things to be quite quick now TikTok videos can be up to 10 minutes long these days mm-hmm. which I think is mad but most people 15 seconds 30 seconds is your limit But when people are on YouTube, their expectation is five minutes or seven minutes or nine minutes or longer. You know, you can watch things on YouTube that are a couple of hours long. So what you could do is upload whole episodes onto YouTube, create a playlist that's for that. You could get creative with your playlists and base them around themes or pillars. So you actually have it if you think in sort of like Spotify terms of curating your content in such a way that people have a path that they can go down. Mm -hmm. Because that way your content is effectively like creating chapters of a book that they'll watch one and then this one and then this one and it goes on. With YouTube, the things that you have to be aware of is your thumbnail has to be really strong and your title has to be good. And an element of your title should be on the thumbnail as well. So again, if we go back to this idea of retention rates, your Mm -hmm. video might be um, 10 ways to increase your retention rate in your membership. So that's the title for your video. So your thumbnail could be you with like your handout and a number 10 on it, or there's something that visually says, this is what the video is about. But your thumbnails are actually quite simple. Quite often, it's a cutout of you and then a plain background. And plain, I mean, like, might be a gradient color, but it's not the studio background. And then you have bold writing that says 10 ways to, you know, so there's a little element of that. The way to actually, and I don't think actually this will work for you, but the way that you would normally get the photographs for your thumbnail is when you start recording, you do your poses. So you'll actually start off by doing the hands in different places. So then when you're editing, what you do is you just screenshot that element. So you actually get all the things that you need as part of it. But obviously, if you're working live, that's not quite so easy. What you can still do... You can do it after. I've done it. Yeah, absolutely. You can record yourself after. I've done that. And you can actually, I mean, you could have it as this is the end of the video. Now I'm going to do my poses. And actually, it's still part of the live because people will find that quite funny. Oh, yes. And you're allowed to have humor. And you're allowed. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing on on my podcast is I am just telling it like it is. And 
some people have never seen me that way and that's okay. I think that's great though. Yes. Um, I love the idea of doing the pose at the end. So I love it. I love it. Yes. It's fun. You I know, and, it, and, and some of the ones, I mean, if you try and do screen grabs from a video that you oh, start, the oh, then you end up with some really funny faces. Yes. And I've done that before now where I've actually done a screen grab of a funny face and that becomes a piece of content to say, I've been recording today. I look like I'm drunk or yeah. I'm not having a good day kind of thing. And it makes people giggle because you're human and you're relatable. Yeah. So it's then it's still using different bits and pieces of content or different elements of what you're creating to make new content. Yeah. And sharing that behind the scenes, people like that. Hugely, because we're all nosy. So we always want to know what else is going on. And if you can show something that people don't normally see. So for me, it would be a photograph of what my studio actually looks like from the side because it's completely different. And it interests people because they don't know about it. Things that we take for granted are like mythical to other people. So there's things that we would find quite simple, other people are amazed by. And so use that. Yeah. Third question. So the third question was actually, I would like to put it on my YouTube channel too, but how, when, since I'm only on day 60, well, I'm now at on day 73. So I think you might answer a question, just do it. A little bit, but I've got something to add to it. Okay. When you release videos on social media, the time that you release it is important. If you release something at one o'clock in the afternoon, for example, it will rate differently than if you released it at eight o'clock in the evening. And so when you're working with scheduling on social media, the timing is important and it's trial and error and analytics mm. that will say, oh, this is the best time to do it. So I know for me, one o'clock and eight o'clock are my two peak times to actually release content. Pinterest and YouTube are not social media, they're search engines. Yeah. So the time is irrelevant. Okay. So it could be that one Friday you go, actually, I've got two hours just now. I'm going to upload some of, of the YouTube work. Mm -hmm. And so you'll actually upload, and it's quite quick to upload to YouTube as well. If your thumbnail is already ready it's and you've already got... Yeah, so you can upload, go through and, you know, and do the background information for it, add it to the playlist and just let it go. Yeah. So you can do that and block release things. And actually that isn't necessarily a problem. The other thing that you can do is you can schedule with YouTube as well. So what you could do is actually put a daily release on your YouTube videos mm. and just keep a note of where you're up to with it. Yeah. And so you go, I've got a couple of hours now. You'll find that you can maybe get through 10. You might get through more. You might get through less. But you work your way through them, and then you know you're up to that date. So you started on the 18th. You managed to upload 10 today, so you're clear till the 28th. So as long as you get back in and do some before the 28th, then you're fine. Yeah. And actually, if there's a gap, you're still fine because YouTube's very forgiving like that. So then it's just about blocking that little bit of time to say, okay, I'm going to go and do the YouTube stuff. Yeah, that's great. And I have someone to do it, actually. I'm not doing it. So that's even, even better. I have some yeah. excuse. Yeah. Even for the podcast, you know, she's handling my Spotify stuff. Like I'm not, she's scheduling it. So um, 
Not a big deal then to add that into the mix. Daily YouTube, yeah. Feels like doing a lot of things without a strategy, but it's about getting the content out there, right? So it is, and it's about pacing it as well, because if you went and put 73 videos up on YouTube today, I mean, yes, you could do it, but actually people quite like waiting for the next episode as well. And they get into a rhythm and a routine and make sure that you say to people, click like and subscribe, share this episode, put that call to action in there, ask for it. And people will do it. It might take a little while, but if you don't ask, you don't get. And so you need to put that little bit in there. And it could be something as simple as a little script, a little bit of text, bullet points that you have on a sticky note on your monitor. So you know that when you're in the closing stage, you say, I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please make sure that you share, like, and subscribe for future episodes. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be complicated, but then you get a regular sign off as well. And actually you might find that you've got something that is yours. So you might say, well, here's to your success, which is how I sign off every email. So you might have something that is like your phrase. Yeah. That's fine. Put that in. It makes you yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that. So I know what to do here. All right. The next one was, how can I better leverage the power of video in my business? I love doing them, but I tend to get into perfectionism. It's not good enough. I think perfectionism is something that's always going to happen. And we're back to discipline. Let it go. (laughs) When you get to 80%, let it go. Mm -hmm. If it is a case that making it better makes you happy, but making it better isn't visible to your audience, then let it go. Mm -hmm. Because we can carry on tweaking and polishing forever. Oh, we'll just take that frame out. We'll just get that sorted. Oh, the sounds a little bit. You kind of have to just work with the idea that it's not going to be perfect. You're not a full-time professional content creator. There are people out there that have been and done degrees in it. This is what they do all the time. This is what they get paid a lot of money for. But this isn't your path. This isn't your choice of career. Mm-hmm. So actually, 80% is fine. And, you know, when it's not perfect, people will relate to it much better. (laughs) Pre-COVID, Instagram perfect was the thing that people wanted to aspire towards. And then through the lockdown, people actually go, do you know, that's not real and I'm not interested anymore. And there's been this big mindset shift. And actually, people now want authenticity and congruence. So as long as you are authentic, and everything you say lines up, then they'll buy into that over and above whether something's perfect or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think you kind of answered also my last question, which was how has video marketing changed and what works now? And that's that authenticity piece. I think this is also the reason why so many people were struggling to do videos. I mean, we are not in our 20s, let's be honest. And you have people like, you know that they don't look like that when they get up in the morning, right? The hair, the makeup, the thing. And yet everybody's like, oh my gosh, right? So, and then you have to not compete, but unconsciously, 
you are doing your videos. So I remember my husband was like, okay, if she wants to do a video, she has to go to the hairdresser, right? To get their hair done. You know, and there is this and there is it. And it's a whole, you know, whole thing. And it's a confidence issue as well. But like I said earlier, it's also a muscle. And I yes. think with age, honestly, I'm more and more comfortable in just showing up the way I am and not caring so much to say a nice word about what people think. Yeah. It's my level of what would people think, you know, it's less and less, which is great. I'm, I'm glad it is, but it's, it's something that used to eat me up, really. I think it's a wonderful thing of being the other side of 40. You don't or care nearly as much. On the other side. <laughs> On the other side of 50 even, you know. I wasn't mentioning that one. I hit that one this year. Let's put it up there. It's there now. I think, though, that people relate to people. Yeah. And so if you are trying to be perfect, if you are too slick, people can't relate to you. So people want people like themselves, and that's what we're able to offer them. Yeah. I remember watching a masterclass, and there was a young guy on there. He was in his early 20s. And it was about TikTok. And he was like, yeah, some days I post every half an hour. Today I've got 26 posts going up. And I'm like, who has time for that? I've got work to do. Yes, and exactly. so you have to remember that although marketing is as important as your client work, because without the marketing, you don't get the client work. So it does end up a bit of a 50-50 for sure. It has to have that balance in there as well. And mm -hmm. I think if you just go for it, you're fine with it. You're already there. You know you don't need to be perfect. Yeah. Don't try and polish it too much. Just put it out there and let it go. Mm -hmm. I can see from your studio space there, you've already put thought into it. Your backdrop is lovely. Your webcam is great. Your picture is really good. Your framing is good. And you've got a proper microphone. So you're not just using a laptop and the webcam on the laptop and it's just sat on the desk so you're looking down at it you've thought about how you're putting it together and how it looks that's the thing that people need to do that they sometimes forget you've already done that you're there i think this is and i love what you said about you know like now people want authenticity because in this crowded market and you have a membership so you know how crowded it is the way you stand out is by making by showing how different you are right yeah we're all unique the thing we're that we have is us absolutely and so it's not about fitting the mold. It's really sharing your own way of thinking and of doing because that's yeah. what will attract people. So when I tell that to my clients, I have to apply that to myself as well, right? Yes. This is why maybe I will repel people because they don't relate, resonate with the way I think maybe, but it will totally attract the right people. So I think that's fine as well. I don't think that's a problem. I think... The danger is that we stop putting ourselves out there. We don't allow ourselves to be put out there because we make an assumption. So for me, I'm from Northwest England originally. I have a quirky accent and it's not an accent that you'll normally hear in the media. And it stopped me from putting myself out there because I thought, who wants to hear that? That's a terrible accent. And so I never put myself out there until I had to. And then when I speak to people, especially in the US, first of all, they say they love my Scottish accent, which is hilarious because it's not even close. But people do say how much they like my accent because it's different. And it was like the thing that I 
felt was terrible and held me back is the thing that people go, but I love it. <laughs> You're like, really? So you can't make assumptions on what somebody else is going to think. What you can do is do your best to show up. Absolutely. And you can do that by making sure you've brushed your hair, making sure that your background looks good, making sure that you're as nicely lit as you can be using, you know, the facilities that you have. So you don't have to have big budget. I've got a 30 ring light and a table lamp on. That's how I'm lit today. Yeah. It's not expensive to do this unless you make it to be. Yeah. Just go for it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I have some questions for you now. Ooh, oh, okay. What will happen to you and your business if you don't do something about your video marketing? Well, I will basically stay in the same place, which is figuring out a way to constantly work at getting new clients, getting in front of new people while working on client projects. So what are you going to take forward? What actions are you going to take? So I'm going to be even more strategic with what I do with my videos. I think you gave me great ideas to repurpose even further. And I have a team, you know, like a VA that takes care of that. And she can do all those things, you know, if I show her what I want her to do. So more strategic, more consistent. I also want, because I see a lot of people do that. And actually I've done a series not too long, several years ago that was called Beyond Coaching. It's kind of like a mini podcast series of interviews. I want to interview my clients. I want them to share their stories. I want them to inspire people into what is possible. And I know they will do it. So I think that would be a great content because it's going to be very unique. It's going to be relatable. It's going to help people. It's going to help my authority as well because successful people that are talking about how they feel about working with me and what it brought to their business. So it's a win-win and it will be a different season for the podcast. And so more videos, you know, like this and, and sharing on more platforms. I'll see if I can get VA, my personal, my team to post on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Like, I'm, I don't know. It's like, I'm, I'm, everything that has to do with my phone, you know, I'm, I'm tech, right? You're tech. I always tell my people, my phone is my phone. Like, it's too small of a screen to watch anything. Sorry, I have glasses and still it's complicated for me. It's like, no, sorry, my phone is just my phone. But I know people are there. So it's not about what I like. It's about where people are. Sometimes we have to be strategic. Like you said, I don't have to do it myself. So I want to leverage more of these videos because I love talking about memberships and member acquisition and retention and creating unique experiences and, and creating communities and this sense of safe space and belonging. I love to do that for people and help people. So I have stuff to say on video. Good. How can people get in touch with you? So they can go to themembershiplab.com and then from there they can see what we do. They can actually, I do actually uh, free consultations. I still do. So I've done over a thousand now. I can do that. People say, you know, why do you still do that? You should charge for it. Why should I charge for it? I'm enjoying them. And 
they are not even sales calls. They can turn into that. But if people say, okay, how do I work with you? Then we ship, you know, we shift the message and I enroll them into their own ideas. But I never sell. I never sell. And that's how I get my clients is through these calls. But I learn so much every time I learn what is the struggle, what they've been trying. And I ask them, you know, what, how long has this been going on? What have you tried? You know, like what you asked me, right? What would happen if nothing happened, if you don't do it, right? And then I said, you know, we'd like to hear what it takes. If I could help, if I can help, I would ask. Or sometimes they would say, okay, just tell me, how can we work? I love doing this because that's this relationship. And I think that's why I'm so tied to one-on-one, getting the client. I have that feeling that this is what people need from me. It's funny because I help people create communities, membership, and go away from one-on-one. And yet I'm still stuck in that mindset that this is the only way I can help people. But yeah, I think video really can help me get more visible. And I don't know, maybe create a community one day. My own. Sounds perfect. So I hope today's conversation has inspired you to get out there and create videos. If you'd like to come onto the Video Edge, get an application in via the website. And if we think you're a good fit to come onto the show to look at your business and hopefully we'll help grow it, then we'll make all the arrangements and invite you on. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. This is the show to help grow your business through video. If you love what we do, we'd love to get our message out to more people. So please like, subscribe, share, whatever it is that you can do to push the show out further. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Video Edge.